Welcome to the Yana podcast, a mental health podcast where we're going to talk about life, hear stories of strength, and get all in our feelings so we can remind you that you are not alone. Our hosts are me, Carly, and Becca. Both of us are super passionate about mental health, advocacy, education, and shattering that stigma. We love creating opportunities for young people to share their stories and experiences about navigating mental health and life in general. The content of this podcast may contain mature subject matter, such as discussions about suicide, self-harm, drug and alcohol abuse, sexual or physical violence, as well as the use of strong language. Listener discretion advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Um, So before we dive into the episode, we're going to do what we always do and give you that little rundown on why we do the Yana podcast. So Carly and I both work for NAMI. We do. We work for NAMI Philadelphia. NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And we have the privilege of getting to work for the NAMI Philadelphia, Pennsylvania affiliate. Shout out to NAMI Philly. And yeah, the best affiliate around for sure. And we um, get to do a lot of cool stuff um, to help individuals who are impacted by mental illness. Like, you know, support groups and education and awesome stuff like the stuff Becca does. What do you do, Beck? Right. So thank you, Carly. Um, (laughs) You are welcome. (laughs) Um, So one of the programs that we offer is a youth mental health awareness educational program called Ending the Silence. And Ending the Silence is designed for middle and high school age students where we go into schools and youth programs and wherever, and we talk about mental health warning signs, what to do, uh, suicide prevention, stigma reduction, all the things. And the best part is that it is always paired with a young person who shares the story of their own mental health journey. So, um, and, you know, has a conversation about mental health from the young person's perspective. And so once COVID happened, and the world shifted just a tad. We were unable to do things the way that we have been doing them before. So we um, tried to come up with another way in which we were able to give people a platform in which they could talk about mental health, hear stories, share stories. All the things. All the things. So, oh, it's been a while since I've gotten It has stories. been. <laughs> so therefore... Therefore, hence upon this (laughs) wonderful day in 2020, the year of our Lord. Becca wishes that she was like a member of the Renaissance there. And a land of our Here it is. We gave birth to the Yana podcast. We did. It is our baby. We are both the mothers. (laughs) We are co-mothers. And what does Yana stand for? You are not alone. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Cute. Creative. Thank you. Know? Anyway. So today we have an awesome guest I'm really excited about. His name is Chuck. And oh no, Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> Chuck Norton. I lost it for a second. Chuck is a senior in high school and he's been working on Taco About It. I'm so excited about this, you guys. I know, I'm so excited. A mental health card game for a little over two years. Chuck realized that he wasn't effectively communicating with his parents about his mental health, but he knew that he enjoyed playing card games with them. He wanted to combine those two ideas so that families could engage in challenging conversations in a lower stakes and more enjoyable environment. So, you, well, he'll tell you where you can follow it later, but wow, welcome, Chuck. I'm Hi. so pumped. How are you? <laughs> good we're good Yay, i can't we're wait good. to hear more about this this is very really i know funny. oh my gosh i know well we're gonna check in see how we're all feeling and doing and then i need to know any and all things about chuck and talk about it because nice. yeah, that's just the best 
So I will start checking in and then Becca and then Chuck. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, it is, I'm freezing. That's how I feel. <laughs> I feel frozen. Um, it's very cold here in good old, I live in the Jers, the dirty Jers, but it's cold and it makes me, a, <laughs> it makes me a little bit upset because when I'm cold, I just feel like, Bleh. so I'm working through the coldness. Um, and I am just, I'm feeling super productive today. I got a lot of stuff done for our new office and just really feeling productive yet freezing and really excited to hear about this game because I think there's so much power in like, in what you're doing, Chuck. So I can't wait to see how it works and your mind behind all of it. So I'm a big gamer loser, nerd girl whatever you want to call me. <laughs> um, gamers are the coolest. So I love it. I love it. But anyway, I'm good. <laughs> good and cold. Becca, how are you? Um, I have COVID. I'm currently on week five of recovering from COVID. Yeah. So you missed me last week because, or last two weeks, because I was sick. Um, so I am slowly getting there. I'm actually feeling a little bit better today. Um, love to hear it. yeah. So tomorrow I am going to do a big thing and try to get my butt into the office. I'm not contagious any longer. It's just no. that being able to move is the biggest issue. It's this fatigue. It's no joke. Yes. So, um, we will see, um, but anyway, I am excited to have Chuck here. I am excited to be recording another episode. It's been a minute for me. So um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Welcome back, cutie. I'm glad you're back. I missed you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, <laughs> Chuck. Good old Chuck. How are you doing, man? How? Oh, my... Wait, wait, wait. Let's talk about it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> How are um, you doing? I'm doing pretty well. You know, I can't complain. Um, I'm excited to be on here talking about, talk about it. That's a mouthful, but um, yeah, it's only Wednesday at the time that we're recording this, but I feel like it's already been a pretty long week with uh, yes. you know, a lot of schoolwork and all that stuff, but you know, I'm excited to be here talking about uh, mental health. So. You are amazing. I really do respect you, Charles. Believe it or not, I am a mom to a high school senior, so I respect and adore the hard work that you guys have to put in to this year. So bravo to you. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. It's been a very interesting time to be in your final years of high school. So definitely kudos. Also, I wanted to mention that Chuck goes to Springside Chestnut Hill Academy in Philadelphia. And uh, previously, if you are all the avid listeners that I know you are, you will remember the episode where we had with Alexa, Alexa Rhodes. Mm -hmm. my uh my amazon thing to start talking now um, oh my gosh. <laughs> um uh, yeah so we had an episode with alexa and she um also had started a business and that is the same way that you started came about to start this pro this project right yep uh we have a class starting in our sophomore year of high school where we can start any uh, business or nonprofit, any sort of, you know, venture that we have um, in our head. Um, so yeah, we've a lot of students have, you know, carried on since that sophomore year class and have continued on throughout their high school um, life. So how amazing really, is that? Yeah, yeah really I mean, I follow her on Instagram now. And like, she is just getting bigger and bigger and doing more and more. So I do think this is such a great way to get yeah. you involved in and think doing things like this from a younger age so that's wonderful yeah I love it yeah so like tell us where it came from like why you said in in the bio it said that you were the weird pitch voice pitch thing that just happened there um in the bio you said that like you were struggling with talking about mental health with your parents and so that's kind of so can yeah. you tell us about that? Yeah, tell us about it. Tell us about mm -hmm. the the reason behind talk about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the first thing that you do when you get into that sophomore year class is that they want you to think about, 
you know, problems that you see in your life. Um, so I wrote down, um, you know, the big thing for me was talking about my mental health with my family and my peers and teachers. Um, and I really, you know, felt more comfortable keeping all of that stuff, you know, personal to me. I wasn't really communicating or being vulnerable with my parents and they, you know, kept on asking about how I was doing with my anxiety and I just felt, you know, more comfortable keeping it, you know, within. Um, yeah. So do you have an anxiety diagnosis or you uh, live with anxiety feelings? Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah. And were you taught like was, cause I know you said your parents asked you about it. So were you like, was that something that you grew up believing that like, I'm just going to kind of keep my feelings to myself or is that just kind of how you think you were as a person or was that how your home was like, we kind of keep things quiet? Yeah. Um, I don't think it was any like certain thing that kind of caused that kind of thinking for me. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's kind of, you know, the combination of a lot of things, Yeah. Um, you know, maybe being, um, you know, a man, you know, was part, yes, of, part of that, sure. maybe being the youngest child was, mm -hmm. um, okay. but for whatever reason, you know, I just kind of, um, I feel like it takes a lot of, you know, mental energy to kind of reach out to people to, you know, talk about stuff yeah. that is very challenging to talk about. Um, You're right. So yeah, it's kind of like that part where it's kind of not necessarily that, you know, we don't want to be a burden to other people, but like, it's kind of a burden to ourselves to, you know, have these, you know, have certain conversations. And when you're yeah. mentally exhausted, like when you, when you are thinking about talking about being mentally exhausted mm -hmm. and that is mentally exhausting, it's like, how can you possibly even bridge that gap? It's yeah. uh, so a big cycle. Um, yeah, yep. exactly. Um, and so you said you're a youngest sibling. You have like mm -hmm. a couple older siblings or? Yeah, one older brother and one older sister. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, so did you watch them struggle with mental health at all or? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, my sister, I think, you know, struggles more than my brother, but uh, yeah, I've certainly learned a lot from both of them and they're both, you know, big influences in my life. Yeah. So yeah. do you see them kind of keep it more to themselves? As well? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think my parents are, you know, pretty good about, you know, trying to encourage us to talk about what we're dealing with, but, you know, mm -hmm. still like, as I kind of mentioned, like it's almost natural to, um, you know, at least in some way, keep stuff to ourselves. So that's yeah. one of the things that I wanted to address with this game was try to have a more um, enjoyable way for people to have these conversations to make sure that they're not, you know, seeming as high of stakes. Um, mm. Because that's what I kind of felt like, you know, it'd be like a, if my parents would ask me um, how I'm doing or if I'm dealing with any, you know, anxious thoughts, then it would be like, you know, such a high high intensity, you know, conversation. Right. That's what I kind of wanted to address with this, with this game. I love that. And I think that that, I mean, I, I experienced that with my own daughter, right? Like when I ask her big questions, like, how's your heart or how are you feeling? And I'm unfortunately, and fortunately in the same breath, this is the field of work that I work in. So I'm always trying to process feelings with her, but she will even say like, mom, I just don't have the capacity to have this conversation. I don't even know what, I don't know how I feel. I don't want to talk about it because society still, I think is teaching us that like having that conversation is a burden mm -hmm. or having that conversation is not like, no one wants to hear it. So we kind of just stuff it down, pretend like we're cool and like, able to just handle like quote unquote handle it and so we don't talk about it mm -hmm, exactly. yeah and I think that that's very real for so many people like young and old you know that we try not to to show our weakness weaknesses or we try not to show if we're struggling or we try not to show if we're not this like perfect like poised textbook person that doesn't ever exist ever <laughs> like what does that even look like so we're we're a lot of pressure but I'm excited to hear a little bit more about the game but I want to hear more about you yeah so yeah. I also like because my I'm like I'm listening to this and I'm like my so my I have a younger brother and you know I know that he's dealt with anxiety and you know depression at times and everything but like I dealt with a lot 
of mental illness and, and substance use and stuff. And so he, his, he kind of kept his more under the table, you know, like, is that something that you experienced? Like you felt like maybe your older siblings, like you said, your sister struggles more. Was that something that you kind of were like, well, she needs more attention or, you know, she's, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, and then also kind of, I think with being a guy, like there's a lot of more stigma um, for yeah. for us. Like, what is that about? Can we talk about that for like? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> what is that about? Like, why do we think that exists? I think it was going back to what you were talking about, like trying to maintain this image of like some perfect kind of person, I guess, like mm-hmm. where you don't want to be seen as weak. Um, so, like that's something that I actually noticed like this week at school, like. Um, I was, I was behind on a project and, um, the teacher was like kind of going around, um, uh, you know, asking how everyone is doing, like, what's your progress on this project? And I, and I was kind of behind on it, but I still kind of try to maintain the image. Like I was perfectly on, you know, on time Mm -hmm. and going to finish it. No problem. But really I was kind of struggling, you know, staying behind. So Mm -hmm. that's just kind of like a, I guess, kind of an instinctual thing, you know, where we want to. I guess, maintain this perfect image. Of course. And the school that you go to, it's a very like high performance, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a prep school where it's very, um, you know, students are very high performing. So I know that I went to, I went to Penn Charter, you know, we're in the same interact or whatever. So I, uh, you know, it's a neighboring school. There you go. Um, So it's a very similar kind of environment where it's like every, you know, everybody's very high performing and it's expected that you have to be like a students, you know? Um, So I know there can be like your immediate response to be like, um, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm I'm, I'm on top of it. I'm doing, you know, I got all my homework done. Great. Right. But like, that is so literally like, if you turn on Instagram, if you go on anything, like all the people are doing all the things and it's almost like, that's how a lot of people measure like success and worth is based on like how much you're doing perfectly or like your image or what your life looks like. And everyone is measured by that. And oftentimes, like that's not an accurate measurement of how people are feeling all the time, like internally. So I think that society has really screwed us up. That's my message <laughs> for the day. Well, also, like, you know, men are supposed to be tough. They're supposed sure. to, like, statistic, like, you know, if, and not statistically, but, like, going back. So, do you watch Ted Lasso? No, I don't. Oh, Becca loves yeah. this, too, I Ted am Lasso. obsessed with Ted Lasso. But Ted Lasso. It's, it's uh, uh, he's a, a, a soccer coach but in England so a football coach you know but he was an American football coach and now he's a soccer coach but he and he has anxiety and he gets these crippling panic attacks and so he talks about like and it gets found out that like he had to leave a game because he had a panic attack and so everybody finds out and and um and this one guy was like you know if my father had anxiety we would be speaking German you know because like is, you know, but back in World War II, it was, you know, in England, but they, you know, like that, if you were a man and you had anxiety, you wouldn't be able to, you know, provide for your family and right. do all the things that men are supposed to do because they're the strong breadwinners and, you know, take care of everybody else kind of thing. But it's so ridiculous because men are human, just like women. And right. Just like any human being on this earth, yeah. like we all have feelings and emotions and should know how to process and talk about them in a non-judgmental safe space. Because I know so many people, any, any gender or not gender, whatever, that are taught to feel a certain way because, you know, that is how they were taught. Like, whether it's a part of their culture or it's a part of their gender or their sexuality or their sex, or if it's part of their religion or their, the community in which they lived in. There's some, some people are always taught, like you have to work this way or live this way or feel mm-hmm. this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I like that you're doing things like talk about it. That can be a way for communities like that to like shake things up a bit. You know? mm-hmm. so, yeah. Tell us about 
Wait, actually, before you tell us about the thing, I want to just know, like, so I want to know about this started to happen during the pandemic, right? That you started to develop this game and everything. So was this something that, like, did you feel that your anxiety was something that really started to come up during the pandemic? And that's why this really spoke to you? Or was this something that you were, that you already were feeling? Like you were already dealing with anxiety. And so this spoke to you uh, already, like what have, without the Mm. pandemic? Yeah, so I was, I was feeling it before the pandemic. Um, I started the game at the start of my sophomore year. So that was in the fall of 2019. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's come a long way since then, but yeah, I certainly the pandemic has like kind of elevated some, you know, parts of my anxiety, I think, especially my social anxiety, like, you know, socializing with people has been, yeah. you know, kind of harder since, you know, quarantine and all that. Um, yeah, but, for sure. Mm-hmm. I can you tell me a little, little more about that? that? Yes, yes, yes. I was going to say the same thing. Can you tell us a little more about what that looks like for you and yeah, like so, why maybe? Yeah. yeah, so I just kind of like noticed that, um, uh, you know, I was kind of just more uncomfortable, I guess, with um, people who I wasn't really comfortable with. So, you know, I'm still comfortable with my, you know, my close friends and my family, but with um, other like even classmates or teachers or, you know, people in high stress or high intensity situations, I feel like I'm, you know, not always able to express you know how I'm feeling or express what I really want to say um and I think that probably just goes back to you know being isolated and quarantined for however many months and Mm -hmm. you know not being able to socialize um during a pretty developmental you know period in my life so so you think it was like kind of like you became like out of practice almost or was it because I'm always curious like was it that like you were that the, that the amount of fear that was being talked about, you know, like how it was a scary time, literally mm. like people were dying. So like, and they were telling you, be scared of your, you know, the people mm. around you because they could infect you. Like, I, I'm always like, is it, is it, is that where the social anxiety comes from? Or is it just that like, you kind of get out of practice because you're not used to being around people. So I feel like that's both for me. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like it's kind of both like, it's the direct kind of consequences of a pandemic and all that stuff you're talking about, like the like real kind of fear of being infected with COVID and all that. And then it's also kind of the indirect, you know, influences of being alone and not, you know, being able to socialize. And right. um, so, yeah. What did your anxiety look like before COVID? Like what was your, what were your, some of your feelings that you experienced or went through? Mm-hmm. So um, just kind of like feel uh, putting a lot of pressure on myself, which would um, which I would keep you know within um, and like like I was saying before, you know, not really expressing that to anybody, um, and then that would you know sometimes bubble up into you know excessive frustration or anger. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, just kind of that stuff, and it could be you know pretty destructive to families and. That's why my parents, you know, would and would and still do, uh, you know, ask about how I'm feeling with my anxiety and all that. Awesome. I really relate to that. I, I relate and struggle with um, with perfection, but I also really struggle with like that needing, like needing to perform and needing to do something and needing to feel like I'm doing it correctly and right. They also have an OCD diagnosis. So that all together sometimes makes my anxiety flare up a lot when I feel like everything is not the way it should be going. And then I do, I get really snappy or snippy or like short tempered or things like that when my anxiety is really high. So I relate to that. Mm -hmm. Same. (laughs) Same. That's like when I snap up, I'm like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think like another thing that kind of relates to that, like perfection idea is like, the idea of productivity versus like re- relaxation. Um, yeah. And I think that oh. has also been heightened during the pandemic because, you know, supposedly we have a lot more time and we want to be productive during that time. So what happens is that we don't actually relax, even though it seems like we should have enough time to relax. Right. Um, so, or you like, like, don't allow yourself to relax. Like people are like, I can't relax. I can't, I cannot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, why? Why can, why can you not? But like some, not saying like, anxiety right but like 
you don't give yourself permission to relax. Not saying that like you can't because your anxiety isn't allowing you to, but that you're not allowing yourself to. I get that totally. Like your your downtime and your work time has completely melded. So it's like, when am I actually shutting off? Like there's no, I'm struggling with, I struggle with that a lot. It's like, I work from home and, you know, and just like, even like traveling, like, well, I'm anywhere I can work now, like, you know, remote work, like I can work from anywhere. I can do school from anywhere. So if I am anywhere, then I should be working or doing schoolwork or whatever, you know, like that's, I think that's a real, like I was reading, that's like a real struggle for like a lot of the world now. It's like, oh, great. People are learning that people can work remotely, but they're learning that, oh, people can work whenever. I remember when that happened, when smartphones came out, it was like, oh, well now people are available all the time. So they should be available all the time, (laughs) you know? Right. And that is why, like, I recently just got my girls, like my full-time staff work phones. Yes. Because I was like, listen, like you use your work phone during work and then that's it. And then you use your personal phone, however often you want to, because the lines were so blurred because of COVID and working from home and being unable to like find that peace or relaxation. Yeah. That break. Oh, so true. So, so true. You are, I still, whenever we interview people or talk to people on this podcast, I forget how young you are. I know. (laughs) You are a high school senior and like the way that your mind is thinking and the things that you want to do and that you want to accomplish through this game, like makes me so excited. I'm going to do an an off, um, off the book. My wife is here and she is a big gamer. This guy that we're talking to created the game. Okay. It's called Talk About It. I know. So I'm going to learn all about it and then we're going to buy it. <laughs> I don't know. We'll learn. You have to listen to the episode. Yeah, Bethany, you got to oh, tune in. Right now. We're recording right now. Anyway, so do we want to take a break and then come back and learn about the game and yes. all of the things? Sure. Yay. Right. Okay, great. Okay, we're back. We are back. So back we're better than yeah, back and better than ever. So before we left off, we were talking to Chuck about, you know, his experience in high school with his anxiety and everything. And now I want to learn more about the game. Taco about yeah. it. Tell yes. us about mm-hmm. tell First us of about all, where about. does the taco come in? Because I am a taco lover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. Same. Um, so the name is obviously just kind of like a dumb pun. And I awesome. felt like that kind of, I kind of went along with like the message and the theme of the game, which is to, you know, lower the stakes of these conversations. So hopefully kids, when they see the box, they, they see talk about it and then they realize, oh, it's not maybe that serious of a thing. Maybe I can, you know, kind of, you know, lower my stakes here and, you know, actually enjoy talking about my feelings. Yeah. Um, that was where the, the name came along and then each there are three different cards and each of them are named after a different element of a taco mm. um so there's the show card which is like the prompt card there's a topping card which is like uh, the card that shows each person's emotions and then there's the protein card which is um like a physical reaction to the prompt um wow. so it's it's structured like um, apples to apples or cards against humanity. If you guys have yeah, played love that all those. Yes, mm-hmm. love those. Nice. So uh, the dealer reveals the shell card, which is the prompt card, and that can be any situation, um, anything like stressful or playful, anything like that. Here, I'll flip through a couple. Yeah, um, okay. I want to yes. hear a prompt. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, Next, you have to develop this to be virtual, and then we can like play. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So you get a bad grade on an important test is one of them. Okay. You're in a minor car crash. Um, you fell off a carousel. So that oh one's kind of more, more, you know, non. The you stressor know, more, situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, you suffered a major injury in a game. Um, so stuff like that. You know, kind of, mm-hmm. um, and then the rest of the players um, have there are six topping cards, which is the emotion cards. Um, and those options are calm, happy, sad, angry, guilty, and stressed. And mm. then they also have a deck of um, starting with seven protein cards, which is their 
physical reaction. Um, so that can be writing a journal, uh, pull a prank on your friends, um, binge watch TV. Um, mm -hmm. So you start with seven of those cards. And um, so the way it works is the dealer reveals the prompt. Mm -hmm. um, and then you put down one of the topping cards and one of the protein cards of how you think you should respond to that prompt. Um, and then the dealer chooses their favorite pair and the winner um, of that round uh, gets all of the protein cards that were put down in that round. Um, so you're, you always have your six choices of topping cards, um, but your amount of protein cards changes um, every round, which um, kind of symbolize or reflects real life. Um, yeah. Because those kind of represent the coping mechanisms and you won't always have all of your coping mechanisms available to you where you are. So um, this is so great. I'm obsessed. I am I'm obsessed. obsessed. I love it. Thank you. Like yeah. I have to tell you, I grew up, my dad is a gamesman. Like we had, my dad played in Monopoly tournaments. Like we, he was a gamesman and he, so like I, could see us playing this game so and this would oh my god so it changed our world yeah. like, but I like it because so I feel like yeah it could be played with so many different people like I know I mentioned earlier that I have a 19 year old but I also have two three-year-olds and I think that like this game is really could be for any person right like mm -hmm. you can use this game to really teach your young people your young people in your life how to express emotions and coping skills and then it could like also be fun like with you your... can market this to like child therapists you yeah. know? Like that's how they do therapy with children yeah, like thanks. yeah that's mm -hmm. so awesome and yeah. like you I love I love the idea too that you get to build your protein right because and in real life protein is what like fuels you and keeps you going <laughs> so like all these coping skills fuel you and keep you going yes right yeah I love that and that you can like add you know and some of them are are all of the protein cards like positive coping skills or are some like not positive yeah some of them are kind of like unhealthy coping mechanisms so sure. you have you know options of whether you want to answer the prompt seriously and honestly or you know some of them might be a little bit more you know comical and you can answer it that way and then some also are unhealthy um so like get high or right but some that might like be that. honest for some people mm -hmm. you know yeah. right like I mean, it, it may mine. not be yeah. like it may <laughs> yeah, not be like true. the most the <laughs> most healthy coping skill but it may be like yeah this happened I feel sad so I'm going to binge eat mm -hmm. or and also I'm like yeah and also like the thing about apples to apples and cards against humanity is you want to put down the cards that you know the person will pick right because then mm -hmm. you get to isn't that how it works? Because like, then the whoever won, whoever like put down the right cards that the person picks is keeps the cards, right? So, um, so if you think that they like the more funny kinds of things, then that would be, or if maybe that person thinks it's cool to get high, or I don't know, you know, uh -huh. like you could put those answers down, um, yeah. even if they're not yours necessarily. But then it also gives an opportunity to talk about why that's probably not the one you want to pick mm -hmm. right and that yeah. kind of goes goes along with like um understanding more about your family or anyone who you're playing with like you're right. able to kind of empathize with their point of view and you're learning about exactly like what they might choose as their favorite um, right and then i love that and i and used to have Sorry. We're uh, excited I, for you. I am so excited. Like you can market this to, you can market this to, to inpatient facilities and, mm -hmm. and rehabs. Like I, we used to play apples to apples in, when I was in the hospital, like we used to play apples to apples and this would have been even, we would have had even more fun with this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, 
Wow. Really cool. This is going to be huge. It is. And I love it, right? <laughs> because like this could also be a conversation piece for like parents and caregivers, right? Like, so maybe you're playing with, I'm playing with you or I'm playing with my son. My, my son has a lot of special needs and struggles a lot with impulse and anger and aggression. Yay. Um, so I could see him, <laughs> I could see him you know, answering the question, putting down his protein card or putting down his topping card then putting down a protein card and me saying like, Hey, like, I see that that's how you would react, but maybe let's think about a different protein that we could put on here instead. Mm-hmm. And like to allow him to kind of like identify, like, this isn't the best coping skill. Let's maybe choose a different one. So like, there's so many different ways to play the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love it so Thank much. Thank you. Um, so another part of the game is, uh, is that it like is competitive. Um, so if you run out of the protein cards, then you no longer play, you're out. Um, so that's like one of the more controversial parts of the game, maybe, because I've had some, you know, potential customers come up to me and be like, Uh, maybe that could discourage people from wanting to you know talk about their mental health that they lose and um i kind of would um i I understand that perspective but i would kind of disagree because there is no right or wrong answer to each round like um each winner is because of a subjective opinion Mm -hmm. Um, and so they know that like the next round you have just as much of a chance of winning um and ultimately i think if they are getting, you know, upset about losing, then I think that means that they end up caring about, you know, mental health, which is the whole kind of purpose of it. Right. I love that. Oh, I see it. Like maybe they think that they're the way that they perceive mental health or like how to handle mental health is not right or, you know, like mm-hmm. right. So they weren't chosen, their card chosen, wasn't chosen. So or therefore they're not like they don't know what they're doing and they shouldn't mm-hmm. or something like that yeah I don't know I think that I think you're right like I think it encourages more of a conversation I think that the upside of the conversation being encouraged and also like the lightheartedness aspect of it like that mm-hmm. can be you know like the the comical aspect and I think is is it, it only opens up. I think it's more likely to open doors than close them. Mm. And um, like, so how, how has it been like an application? Like how, how yeah. What's some feedback been? from your players? Um, yeah. So it's come a long way. Like I started this yeah, two and a half, like almost two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And back then it was just on index cards and I showed that to my family and my friends and they gave me a lot of feedback you know, back then it was kind of like a messy, clunky kind of, you know, thing that was hard to understand. <laughs> um, so then I made some changes, printed them on business cards, did the same kind of feedback process. And now they're printed on like professional card deck cards. So wow. come a long way. Um, and I've had uh, two different Kickstarter campaigns to um, start, you know, get the ball rolling on sales. And yeah, it's been, you know, pretty positive feedback so far so it's hopefully starting to make a change in the world so it's absolutely going to make a difference in the world now I have another question and you may have this in your in your box or you may not do you have like a little one pager or a little sheet in there with some mental health resources no that's a great idea though yeah right? Like add just like a little sheet in there. That's like the suicide prevention lifeline, the NAMI helpline, um, the Trevor project, like random crisis little text line, right? Yeah. The crisis text line, random little things that could also save someone's life. Yeah. If they're like playing the game, they see this resource card in there. Boom. They've got all the numbers that they need. I see. Yeah, that's a great idea. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my God, Car. Good job. Listen, you know, I am just full of ideas. That is so great. I love that so much. How can people support you? How can we buy the game? How can we find the game? Um, So it is on uh, shopcel.org. That is like the store for the uh, program at my high school that we were talking about earlier. 
Um, so you could go to shopcel.org and then go to the Talk About It collection and you can uh, pre-order a, a game of Talk About It for now. Um, I'm getting a new inventory in in a couple weeks. So um, oh my I gosh. just I'm have on the pre-order. site right now and I'm obsessed. <laughs> I do. Absolutely so, obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like cel.org. Who, yeah, mm-hmm. who did your graphic like all the graphics for your game uh so that was one of my sister's friends uh who did all that so yeah they're Shout out to your job. sister's friend because mm-hmm. they're cute yeah they're, she did a great job she really did how do you feel so it says how do you feel how do you react on every single um shell card mm-hmm. right okay that's amazing, Chuck. This is so cool. Thank you. You are welcome. Oh, and there's holiday themed oh sticker pack. Oh, there's mm-hmm. merch. Okay, we're, mm-hmm. we're okay, guys. You gotta go to gotta check this out. Um, go to shopcel.org right now and order. Pre-order. <laughs> Talk about it. What have your sales looked like so far? Like, how have you been doing? Um, so the Kickstarter campaigns both went really well. Um, and so that's like the majority of my sales from there. Um, and then I had some like in-person sales opportunities over the holiday season. Um, and yeah, so that's what it's looked like so you far. You have to come to our walk. And so yeah. Walk. Mm-hmm. yeah, when that's we have our walk in. Well, it's not till September, but still, like we, you should come and sell them at our walk. Well, do. So awesome. awesome, absolutely! Like, consider yourself already in there. Yeah, I we'll give you. I yeah, send the, table, I send the link to my wife. Certain it will be purchased within the next five minutes. Thank that you. is so awesome, and like, really, could I? Like I said, could be so. Like, I could see us playing this, like at a staff meeting. I could see us playing. I could see myself playing this with my toddlers. I could see, like you said, Becca, like residential programs and treatment facilities playing this with the folks that are there. And it just being like a really approachable way to talk about feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially adolescent units. Yeah. There is a lot. You can definitely market towards in, uh, inpatient facilities because they have a lot of downtime, like in the evenings and then on the weekends where they don't have anything to do and you're not allowed to be on electronics. So like Mm. games are a big part of what you're doing. So that's a big market for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, um, so we don't have much time left, but I do just, um, I want to ask you like, has this helped you have a conversation with your, Thanks. Um, like, has this opened up the doors to you having conversations with your parents now? Uh, yeah, I think it has. Um, I think I have kind of like been more open uh, to that, um, you know, to be able to have those conversations. Um, and I'd be kind of a hypocrite <laughs> if, uh, if I didn't. Um, but also like the process of starting this and uh, having like all this work to do for this game has, you know, certainly caused some anxiety for me um, just, mm. you know, because of the workload of it. But right. I think, you know, it's still like really fulfilling uh, to yeah. have done all this. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a really great experience. Absolutely incredible. Now, can you, I'm going to save my final question or should I ask my final question? And then we can find out about the social, your social medias, your Kickstarter, where we can help and support you. Becca, what should I do first? Question or social? You've already like queued it up. Just ask the question. Okay. Okay. So I always (laughs) ask this question to all of our guests and it is, if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would you tell them? Um, I think I would tell myself to like take more risks. Um, I think I'd be, um, I think I'd be a lot more like comfortable in certain situations if I like knew, like if I knew how to take risks before, I guess, like, I feel like now I am, you know, sometimes uncomfortable in social situations or in school or in sports. Um, but you know, I feel like I wish I could kind of go back and kind of learn how to 
learn how to fail, I guess. And I think that would help mm. me out in the long run. Oh, I love oh, learning how to fail. Like I um yeah, like I, I just I'm wondering, like, are there things that you think that your school maybe could have done better or has done that is helpful to help you guys transition back into the in-person environment after having uh, been quarantined? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think it was kind of like a stark kind of transition. Um, yeah. I think both for students and teachers. Yeah. Um, and I feel like teachers have struggled a lot. And um, so I, I, don't, I don't feel like- I just want to say, first of all, that's really amazing that you know, like that, that, that registers with you. Because I think that, I don't think I really cared about how teachers felt when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe I did, but I, but they have struggled a lot. And um, I think that's really great that you have it. So go on. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what I guess I can do, but maybe like just kind of have a little bit more of like a cushion, I guess, for students, you know, not having like kind of like not, not to put too much pressure on them, I guess. And, you know, let them be able to fail without being afraid of, having a bad grade for a semester or something like that. Have you felt like your teachers have been like approachable in terms of talking about like I'm struggling or um, or like have provided an environment where that might be a, something that can be talked about? Um, yes and no, I think. Like I feel like a lot of them are, you know, do stress like mental health and all that stuff, but I feel like still their kind of workload might be a little bit much for kind of right now I guess like uh, they do kind of pile on a lot of work and that kind of doesn't always line up with what they're saying in terms of mental health so um, I don't know obviously they need to give work to you know have their grades and all that right yeah I'm kind of middle ground I guess yes yeah it is a lot of work I know that when I I'll just say when I went to college I was like oh my God, it's so not like there's the amount of work that you have to do is so much less than high school. So, you know, you have that to look forward to. So are you in that stage where you're like preparing to go to college too? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah. I've been accepted into college. So I'm just kind of, you know, in the home stretch, I guess, of high school. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so it's, it's exciting time. Yeah. You're going to change the world. You are. So do you think this is something that you're going to continue working on then? So after you leave high school and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I hope cool. so. I hope so I really too. do. Cause I really think that it could be like so big and like, of course, being the person that I am, I'm already sitting and sitting here thinking like he could have expansion packs and yeah. he could have this and that he could have a whole, literally within the last 30 seconds. I was like, he could have one specifically for like anger management called holy guacamole. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and it could be all just hire me, Chuck. Just hire She's me. She's so good at this stuff. She's so and, good at this stuff. Seriously. And it could all be about like anger management. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Carly, add Carly Hester to talk about a team, okay? Oh like a decent sort of like hot sauce, you know? Right. Kind of thing there. Hello. Yes. Oh my we gosh. Could really, this is going to be big, bigger than I think you know that it is, Chuck, because this conversation isn't going anywhere. Right. Yeah. Like this conversation is here to stay. And this conversation, unfortunately, I think we're always going to need some type of support around and support having. So I think that this is so cool. And I think you are so cool. So where can we find you? Number one, how can we support the Kickstarter or Kickstarters if that's still out there, if we can still? And um, you know, that's it. Talk about it. I already said where we could buy it but we'll add the link to the show notes so you can go and click on it. Nice. Um, so the Kickstarters, uh, they're completed. Um, so you can't really, you know, add any funding for that, but you can check them out to, you know, find some information on it. There are a couple of videos that you can watch that explain the rules and the inspiration for the game. And you can read through everything that, you know, details my project. And then you can find me on Instagram at, uh, taco.bout.it.game 
it's kind of a long name because all the <laughs> other Taco Bats were taken. But oh. um, there's a period in between every word of Taco Batic game. So. Awesome. Taco about it dot game. <laughs> Done. Nice. Love it. It's amazing. Awesome. Oh my gosh, and the box that it comes in is even cute. Mm -hmm. This is lovely. Awesome. Oh, well, I'm really excited about this. Me, seriously, please keep doing what you're doing, Chuck, because this is more than just a game. This is more than just a game. This is more than just something that you, you know, you threw together for a project. This is really, really powerful and really, really so, so important. And I hope and can't wait to see it like on the game shelves of so many people. Um, I can't wait for mine to get here. And I think it's going to be just a really, really helpful tool. Um, yes. So thank you for you and for your story and for your motivation behind Talk About It and for all the lives that you're making better um, mm -hmm. because of Talk About It. Absolutely. Thank, thank yes. Thank you. Um, yeah. And so with that, um, you can find the Yana podcast on Instagram at the underscore Yana podcast. And well, this will be changing, but you can find us online on our website at www.theanapodcastwithnamiphilly.wordpress.com. We're working on a shorter URL. Nobody yes. panic. <laughs> Nobody panic. <laughs> Nobody panic. And we also launch new episodes each and every Tuesday. Yes. And so if you or you know someone who's interested in coming on the Yana podcast and sharing their story, um, please send us a DM on Instagram and we will absolutely love to hear more about you and um, schedule you for a podcast recording. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, again, Chuck, you're the man. We can't wait to play talk about it and we will message you when we do yes and use some feedback and you can also always hire me for the next phase of talk about it talk yes. about it just yeah. <laughs> i'm just kidding you're awesome have a great great day night wherever and however you're listening to this podcast everyone we love you yeah peace and love if you or someone you know is in crisis Call the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. Or you can text NAMI to the Crisis Text Line at 741-741. Or go to NAMI.org for more information. Remember, you are not alone.